Hey, welcome back to our channel. This is your girl, Lady C, coming back at you for part two with JT and Paul. They are in progress having a discussion about Watchtower's lawsuits and talking a little bit about the Australian Royal Commission. Enjoy this segment. What do you think about these lawsuits, that, 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 that New York state law that just kicked in? You know, it, it's, it's been dishonest of the governing body to say that they are not connected oh, man. To, the, to the policies and instructions given to elders. It, it's like they flip it around. Tails, I win, you know, heads, you lose, that type of thing, all right? Um, it's, it's, it's really bad because, like, you know, that you, you guys showed and so many others have shown that affidavit from Jarrett Loesch, you know, I have nothing to do whatsoever with the Watchtower Society. Like how far from the truth that really is. Like if I had Jared in front of me, I'd say, come on, Jared. Like, hey, come on, you're at headquarters. The Watchtower comes out, who's reviewing it to make sure that everything is correct? When the letters go out to the bodies of elders worldwide, Amazing, when a new elders book is, is, is made, you're telling me that you and the other governing body members don't sit around and talk about what instruction, what direction are we going to give the elders? Can you imagine you in the judicial case and you said, I'm not I'm the obligation of nothing for the watchtower. The old book you get has nothing to do with me. Even in the Royal the Australian Royal Commission, it was brought out that they tried to pin it on the branch and not on the governing body. When yeah. they were talking about the policies, they're like, well, no, we we they said this, we let each branch determine yeah. what their policies are gonna be locally, according yeah. to the local circumstances. Now I know because I've served in small branches that they do ask for input from the branch committee, right? But we know that the elders book, for example, and I also know that the letters for elders, because I've seen them in English in, from Canada branch, I've seen them in, in Creole from the Haiti branch, and I've seen them in Spanish from the Dominican Republic branch, because I served in Haiti and in the Dominican. And the letters of the elders are be, uh, pretty well exactly the same no matter where you go. So to tell them that the way the cases were handled in Australia, well, that was the Australian branch that kind of decided on their own what to do. No, 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 no. These things go right up to the committees in Brooklyn when they're considering how to handle with situations like this. Um, and if, if they were to actually get you know, a subpoena to go in and get all of the communication, they would find that the Australian branch was directed by the committees of the governing body and that that's what they were acting on. But it's it's an idea of them isolating because no no we can't we can't be held responsible we can't go to jail we can't have the governing body in jail the, better to have a branch committee go to jail. Yeah, the organization tries to play it both ways. Mm -hmm. If yep. if if it was a Baptist church, like a Southern Baptist church, a Southern Baptist church is independent. It's autonomous. You just got the pastor, the board of deacons, and they make all the decisions right there locally. Yeah. But the society itself, like the Catholic Church, they have a hierarchy system. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, you do have some autonomy on certain things. You know, what kind of toilet paper are going to buy? Two ply, one ply. Okay, y'all can decide that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, man, a hierarchy system, it's like in a company, it's like a corporation. It's, that's what I tell you, it's a business, it's a corporation. Yeah. <laughs> At, at the end of the day, General Motors, at, at the end of the day, General Motors out of Detroit will dictate what the dealerships can do. They may be able to have those, but there's certain things that, that, that GM will say, we make the decision on this. 
And and when it comes to those serious things, it's always everybody always understood home office makes the final decision on stuff that's crucial, especially if it means a home office guy spend money. Yeah. <laughs> and if you think about it too, there's two different types of lawsuits regarding child abuse. One is the way the local elders handled it, right? And the other thing is related to the policies that were directed from above. Yes. And so um, it's true. You might, and that's one thing that actually caused me to wake up as well, because I realized that you might have elders that make bad decisions on their own, the way they handle something, or they might yes. have something written and they ignore what's written. They do their own thing. Yes. That, that can happen. But for me, one of the realizations that I realized the organization was not Christian, not directed by God is because I started to examine the policies, the things that were taught to all of the elders mm -hmm. right from the top. In other words, if the teaching was bad, then I got to stay away from this. Like, yeah. I can't have a part of it. It's one thing if an elder goes and does something bad, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to have nothing to do with that elder. But when you discover that the teaching is bad, the policies, the instructions to all of the elders worldwide are wrong, then you're like, I can't have anything to do with this. Like that's the way it was for me. I can't go back to this. Yeah. Right. So when you have these lawsuits, you know, in, in the Royal commission, they were actually focusing in on not what the elders had done individually. They were focusing in on what the elders are instructed to do with, in one example, you know, someone who's a victim of child abuse and they want nothing to do with the congregation, but they still want to have a social relationship with some of their friends. But no, they're disfellowshipped because they brought a lawsuit or they're disfellowshipped because they say they don't want to have anything to do with the organization. And basically the lawyers are saying, you're cutting them off from all the help that they could receive from their friends because you've labeled them as an apostate or as someone that is rogue, you know? So they were focusing on the policies, the teachings right from the governing body. Yes. And, and they're finding that it's bad. Like there was elders in that commission I sorry, elders, uh, lawyers that had, knew not, not too much about the Bible, but they were able to pick it out, and they were able to drill these elders and the branch, uh, the branch committee member and the governing body with like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense what you guys are teaching, even according to the scriptures. And I was just like, how is it possible that a, a, an elder, I uh, sorry, a, 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 a lawyer from the world, can perceive it was bad. justice? They can perceive what's right better than a branch committee member or a governing body member. It was, it was really bad. Um, oh, that was oh, a whole yeah. focus. That was the whole focus of the commission. It was on basically how do you as an institution. Yeah, exactly. Respond? They didn't really care. Yeah. They, I don't really care about the three little Mickey Mouse elders out in Australia. I want to know from your court. And, and in fact, that was the whole problem they had with uh, two. Two was a two was a society's lawyer. The, the 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 chief judge literally turned to him and he said to him in effect, well, hold on, man, aren't you the senior legal counsel? Mm -hmm. And he's thinking to himself because he's a judge. He yeah. deals with lawyers who work for corporations. And one mm -hmm. of the things he knows that lawyers at corporations know, everybody knows that the lawyers know where the bodies are buried. Mm -hmm. And as a result of the protection of client lawyer protection, they know that you tell your lawyer everything. Mm -hmm. So for him to sit on the stand and act like, I don't know nothing about this. He's like, well, how do you make, yeah. 
How do you become the senior partner of the legal team and you don't know this basic stuff, which is the most serious issue you are facing right now as a denomination, and you sit there like, I don't know nothing about it. And if he was the senior legal counsel and he was a Jehovah's Witness, I can guarantee you he's an elder. And if he was an elder, he knew everything that was going on. So don't play dumb. Even the governing body member, he kept saying, well, I don't have anything. But you're an elder. Yeah. You're an elder. You're supposed to know what these are. If, you, if you're an elder and these three guys we interview are elders, you're supposed to know the policy. Just So when they start saying, and that was why they kept trying to play him off as a translator. He's merely a translator. And those guys, and see, they, those guys, they had their hands. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they had the branch organization book. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised I they got a hold of that. Yeah, I, I saw one of those in the library. It's, it's about the size of the aid book. It's, it's, and it goes over everything about how to run a branch. And the opening statement basically says, governing body in charge of everything. And so for this guy to sit on, uh, for, for, um, for Jackson to be on stand, I don't know this. Now. Hold up, your own manual says you're supposed to be in charge of everything. Yeah, and, or even just uh, the brother from the governing body. Who was it that was at the commission? What it was, was Jackson. Name? Yeah, Jackson. To say that, oh, well, they, and even the branch committee member to say that it was the Australian branch that was acting on its own, uh, that was determining their own policies. Governing body net does not let uh, branches <laughs> determine their own policy. They give them a slap every time they break the policies. And you, don't will be, you will be special pioneering again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I don't know. Did you see recently there was um, a Supreme Court decision here in Canada? And the Bethel lawyer from Canada Bethel had to go and testify. And it was Jehovah's Witnesses along with a couple other religious groups. And the reason why other groups were there was because it was a case where a brother was disfellowshipped and the elders basically had told people that they shouldn't be having business dealings with this brother, right? Because he's disfellowshipped. Disfellowshipped. Yeah. And he basically made a case that his business had suffered because they were telling everybody not to, not to go to him for business, right? And so it, the moment comes for the Bethel lawyer to take the stand. Now, I know him. I know personally the brother that's in front of the Supreme Court. I'm watching the video. I'm saying, oh, that's David, right? Um, his name is David Ganam. And I used to, you know, sit with him at Bethel at the dinner. I even invited this brother to give a public talk in our congregation. And I invited him to come over for a meal after the talk to sit around and to tell us all these stories about the legal battles in other countries, right? Because he was in the legal department and he came over and he told us all these stories of Russia and Georgia and this and that. And we were all like, oh, wow, these legal battles, right? So, you know, I know this brother. He gets up in front of the Supreme Court and he tells the judge, he says, "Um, well, this fellowshipping um, is just basically a separation of the kind of the spiritual relationship. He says, normal family relations continue. Yeah. And, you know, as soon as he said those words, I'm like, what? Is this brother out of his mind? He's lying to the Supreme Court. He can get in trouble for that. I mean, you're lying in front of the Supreme Court of the land. And he had his his testimony prepared. I mean, he was not going rogue. He was the Bethel, uh, the, the lawyers that represent Bethel, I know a lot of them. I was served in the same congregation as one. So do um, I. And they do not go to a Supreme Court, uh, you know, a, a court, a Supreme Court without having sat around and talked about what are we going to say? 
So this was prepared in the Canada branch. And he went to the court and he's basically telling them that when someone's disfellowshipped, oh yeah, we still have business and family relation, normal, normal family relationship continues. And normal business continues. It's only uh, spiritually we're not connected. And I'm thinking he lied. He lied to the Supreme Court. And I'm thinking, if witnesses truly believe that what they're doing is based on the Bible, why are they lying about it? In other words, they, they should be proud. Like, you know, this is, what the, this is what the Bible says, and, you know, this is what we're sticking to. But it's like they don't want to be held responsible for something that the law of the land sees as wrong in their eyes, in the, in the ways of the law of the land. So, because they realize if they lose, they lose money. They lose position. They lose their uh, reputation, maybe. It means they're going to have less results in the ministry when they go to knock on doors. Oh, absolutely. Because they know about what right. they've been doing. So, it's all about keeping the organization alive. It's not about saying the truth on oath. It's about giving an appearance, even if that means lying. Every, every witness will tell you, Normal family relations do not continue when someone is disfellowship. Normal business relations do not continue. David Ganam should have told them, you know what? Uh, you're right, Your Honor. Uh, uh, we don't have business relationship when someone gets disfellowship. We try to cut it off. You know, like you hear about a brother getting disfellowship. Anyone that worked with them, they start looking for new jobs. Seriously. Yeah. I know a brother in the Dominican. He was disfellowshiped. And he had only pioneers working for him, right? Because they needed a part-time job. Yep. He was flexible, so he had people split jobs, right? And as soon as he's just fellowship, the elders are visiting the different brothers and sisters that worked for him, tell him they got to stop working there. One of the sisters even had a blind father and a brother in Bethel. So, you know, you have a brother in Bethel, you're not getting any help financially from him, right? Because if he was working on the outside, maybe he'd be bringing something for the family, but he's in Bethel. A blind father, and she's working for this guy, for this brother who got this fellowship. And the elders come and pressure her to leave her job. Oh yeah, it it was it's ridiculous. They 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 say they do one thing, but it's completely different in reality. Mm-hmm. And that really got my blood boiling when I saw a brother that I knew personally who represents Beth Canada Bethel get in front of the Supreme Court and lie through his teeth about what happens when someone's this fellowship. Yeah. I know. I don't have a normal family relationship. My parents want nothing to do with me. So, you know, how can you get on the stand and say something that nobody believes within the organization? Everyone knows. Right. Are you the only child? No, I have an older sister. She's this fellowship as well. I got a t- story to tell about that. <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, wow. Yeah, that was, that was what I found kind of the, 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 on, on the Royal Commission. The guy from the service department. The guy who was on the branch committee, he just he just stopped talking. He he was like, I can't, I can't, I can't say nothing. So the guy from the service desk, the judge kept asking him, um, if a person wants to leave, why do they have to lose their social structure? And the guy from the service desk kept saying, Well, that's their choice. That's their choice. No, 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 no. They didn't choose that. They didn't say, I want everybody to cut off association. That's exactly right. That's not their choice. And that's why they kept asking, though. You tell the other members they can't have nothing to do with them. We want to know why do you do that? And he kept saying, no, it's the person's choice. They can leave quietly. They can go to another kingdom hall. They want to leave religion because they don't want to come to this church and sit with a guy who molested them. And even the the elders who testify 
They asked one of the elders, little chubby guy, they asked him, did you believe uh, the girl when she told you? And he said, yeah, we, we believe that she had been molested. So they didn't even deny, but because of the way the rules are structured, but since we ain't got nobody else, we can't do that. So you go out in the front of King Hall and you smile, and we're going to still call him for the questions at the Watchtower, and y'all don't be telling nobody else in the Kingdom Hall. That is the basic situation. And so that was what the judge kept asking. This person comes to the church, sits over here, looks at y'all talking to this person, know this person's molester. They know that y'all know it, and y'all believe it. But because of the rules, nothing is done. So they decide, you know what, I can't do this. And as a result of the person who is the victim, they now get re-victimized by the whole denomination. So how you know, and you know how it is. Once someone starts talking, word goes around. Like it yes. spreads like wildfire. Yes. Um, if if you happen to get on the bad side of the elders, and the elders happen to say something to one of the pioneers, then that pioneer talks about it in his service group. And before you know it, like within less than a week, before the next meeting, everybody is now giving you the cold shoulder. They're not talking to you. They're, they're looking at you out of the corner of their eyes, kind of like, mm, I don't know about him, but we're going to have to watch him. The elders, you know, are already got him on their sights. And, yeah, we got to start distancing ourselves, you know. Right. And for victims of abuse, it's it's the last thing they need because it just if they already have feelings of 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 being rejection or, or feeling that, you know, these negative feelings, that treatment just reinforces. It. It's like literally going around and nailing every single nail in the coffin. Because many times you you second guess yourself and you think I'm going crazy. No, there's something wrong with me. It's not that there's something wrong with eight million other people because that's very unlikely that eight million people are wrong and I'm right. No, no, it can't be that. It, it must be I'm wrong and they're all right. You know, because you're thinking of numbers. Uh, there's so many things that come into your mind and your thoughts, and um, you know, I'd eventually like to just kind of get all my thoughts out there. Not because what I'm thinking is correct, because, hey, I could be wrong on things. Hey, we're all wrong on things at times. Absolutely. But, but I, I thought, you know, I went through a time where I was completely alone. Like, I mean, it was, and it was difficult. I had no contact with anyone. And I just thought, you know what, if there's others going through that and they're completely alone, I think it might be comforting for them to know that, Hey, there's someone else that felt exactly the same way or similar at least. And that, that might be some sort of comfort that, you know what? You're not going crazy. It's, there's not a problem with you. Um, just ride it out if you can try to, you know, get help, et cetera, et cetera. Um, because I remember having to do that all by myself with no, no one. It, it was, it was a difficult go. It really was. If I if it hadn't been for the fact that I felt that Christ Himself was interested in me in a person, I I might even take taken my own life. Like oh, it's very very calm, very calm. And it's just I, I think of all those people out there that could be going through the same situation and that rejection. And I'm thinking, you know what? If I just tell how I felt or what I went through, what I was thinking, maybe there's something similar, and maybe it'll help someone so they don't give up on themselves or give up on life. Yeah, because that's that's really really a sad thing. It really is. Excellent. Thank you so much for being in our audience. This program was sponsored by Critical Thinkers.